All right. Welcome to Comic Chat, Episode 7. Uh, it is Monday, um, December 7th. Uh, I was supposed to do this uh, yesterday, but uh, I was high on mushrooms, so I didn't want to do a trippy episode because when the psychedelics are going, there's a different being inside of me, so uh, I decided to hold off and do it today. Uh, This podcast can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. Um, so we had a couple of, uh, I won't say a couple, there, there was um, some real boxing on this weekend. Um, Errol Spence Jr. Uh, took on Danny Garcia and... Uh, he won by the 12-round decision. It was a unanimous. Uh, that was Spence's first fight since a late October car accident which, in which he uh, smashed his head against the concrete at a high speed. His face was smashed. He was barely recognizable. It was it's really... He's, really lucky to be alive and able to still step in the ring after such a horrific accident and uh he uh, defended his titles against Danny Garcia in a 12 round bout it really wasn't uh a competitive fight at all Spence kind of had him uh from from beginning to end um and it was really good to see Errol Spence back in the ring he seems a step slower though and he seems like his speech is a little slurred but he, he's from Texas, so it could just be how he naturally is. And, you know, I was really nervous for him because it looks like he was still suffering from some type of uh, neurological damage from the uh, the accident. But uh, when he was in the ring, it was all business, and he won that pretty handily. So congratulations and welcome back to the ring, Errol Spence uh, Jr. Uh, I also had a show last night at JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, uh, ran by um, Jim Perry. That's um, a very nice room. Uh, So if you're ever in Gilbert, make sure you uh, friend JP's Comedy on Instagram and look out for their latest weekend shows. And they also have an open mic on Sunday. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. But, um, yeah, I, I had a show with uh, Slink Johnson from Black Jesus. Uh, he was Black Jesus. And uh, Brent Taylor from MTV's Roast Me. That was a pretty cool show. Uh, we had fun. It was a light room. It was about, I want to say, 10 people. But... In a pandemic, that can you can make that sound like a pack house. Uh, uh, plus the uh, acoustics in JP's is uh, they are very good. So um, it was a very fun show. Will Thompson and Jacoby Willis was, were also on the show. It was Jacoby Willis's show. He hosted a great show. It was a fun night. And uh, even uh, JP Jim Perry uh, made a guest appearance on the show. And it was cool to see him have a good set because the audience was predominantly black people. 
and Jim's a white guy from Illinois. So, <laughs> but he's from Chicago, so he's probably familiar with uh, black people a lot. Plus, he's a cop. But um, yeah, that was that was fun to actually do a intimate show because it was a late it was a late show. It started at like maybe eleven, and it, it ran long like an hour long, it was, it ran into like maybe 1.30 in the morning, maybe later, <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a fun night, the, the audience, uh, seemed happy, everybody was in a jovial mood after the show, and, uh, I, I took down, uh, Brent Taylor's number, and we're gonna, uh, I'm probably gonna be appearing on his podcast soon, uh, because, I grew up, we grew up in the same area, basically he's from Linwood, I'm from Compton, that's like a hop, skip, and a jump, uh, also, um, went to school with, uh, Brent's cousin Lorenzo, he was one of the best running backs we had at our school, but he was underutilized, because when you, uh, play sports, especially, um, scholastic sports, there's a lot of politics, and some coaches, may have a different eye for talent and they really didn't utilize that brother to the best of his abilities but when he got in there he was a man so <laughs> that that was a great um that was a great weekend um let's see um i almost started off with some stuff from last show but no i i also want to just talk about uh, doing small rooms because I know I touched this subject on the first podcast but doing small rooms it has uh, many advantages because it's a real test of your material because there's so uh, little audience that the laughs are genuine and honest and when when you have a, a medium to large audience it's kind of, I won't say easy, but it's uh, less difficult than uh, doing a smaller room because the law of averages is higher. It's a numbers game, like me and Brent were discussing last night. It's a numbers game. The higher the numbers, the higher the chances. The lower the numbers, the lower the, lower the chances of success, but a higher chance of bombing, which everybody paints it. In, in such a horrible light because when you see somebody bomb it, it looks so terrible it looks bad like especially if they give up in the middle of their set like I'm not gonna I guess they're not feeling me tonight but I'm gonna stay up here and dig out the time <laughs> but I'm, I've, gave, I've given up on connecting with these people then it could seem like a massacre happen, happening right in front of you but bombing is, is good if you're um not too into yourself and you're not really doing uh, comedy for people to admire you or to look cool on stage. If you're doing stand-up for the the craft and the art that it is, then bombing is not going to affect you because you can learn something from bombs. And that's why I said also in the last podcast who Record your audios or videos of your sets. Listen and watch yourself. It's really hard for me to do it now because I've been in comedy for nine years. 
And uh, I didn't even say my name. My name is Glendon McGee. Uh, I'm a nine-year Phoenix, Arizona comedian. Uh, I'm originally from Compton, California. And uh, yeah, back to my point. Uh, Doing small rooms is like uh, having your own gym in your house. You, you could just lift and lift. And then when you're really ready to go out there and do what you do on the, on the field, on the court, or in the ring, or whatever you do, it's nothing because you lift so much at home. I don't know if that metaphor quite covers what I was trying to say, but small rooms, they, uh, they sharpen your, your sword. So when you have a big room, you, you don't even feel any fear. You don't feel no nervousness. It's almost... Uh, it's almost you just full of excitement. You're ready to go out there and you're ready to fuck those people up and make them like piss themselves and, and, and grab their stomachs and shit because you know that your jokes are proven because you've done them in a tiny fucking room for like a bartender and two dudes that are just hating life. But if they gave you a reaction, that means there's something in your material. So. I'm going to reiterate, do small rooms. Don't be afraid of bombing and record yourself and listen to yourself. Um, I want to talk about like living in anger because it's poisonous. Living in anger. A lot of people live in anger because... We feel like we always have to be in defense of ourselves, which is really just our ego. But we call it ourselves because that's the most amplified part of our beings. And and it's not really by our own doing. Because we live in a society, in an American society, that's very egocentric. You know, egocentric, egocentric. That's two different words. Trying to be too smart, guy. Um, yeah, we live in an ego world, ego driven country where everything is about what you have or what you doing or who you fucking or whatever. You know, so we, we really are living insecure all the time. Starts out from a kid. If you don't have the toy or you don't have the the, the clothes or whatever, then you you probably not going to have a successful uh, social life. And it, that carries on with us from those childhood years into our adult years. And we, we live our lives uh, basing our, our self-worth and success on material game. And there's, there's more to life than that. But a lot of people... They live in anger because it seems like they get more attention and, and, and people treat them positively because they're angry. But that is a trick because the energy that you're sending is angry. So whoever is giving you props or telling you that it's positive to live in your anger, they're probably living in anger as well. And... uh I don't think that we should spend so much time in anger because anger can be deceiving. And once you're angry, 
it's already too late. So you're going to probably make a mistake or say some shit that you're going to regret just to make yourself feel better when it is really not yourself that you're trying to make feel better. It's your ego that's trying to prove to you that it's bigger than you and that it exists through you. So I don't really, um, I don't really think that living in anger is something that we should all do. I think we should try to change the the frequency on, on living in anger and try to be more understanding and have more compassion towards other people because we are all living on this planet trying to do the best we can at whatever it is we are supposed to be doing, which we should know, but we don't bother to find because uh, we're chasing material gain. Which brings me to my um, next point. Um, to detach from ego isn't, it doesn't mean to detach from yourself because your ego is not you. Your ego is your insecurity. Your ego is your fear. And those things are negative. But they do have a purpose because everything has a purpose. But the purpose for you with fear and ego is to minimize them. Because if you amplify them, just like they're doing with... uh, this coronavirus thing, I understand that it's a disease and people are dying, but I think that the the media is doing an excellent job of amplifying the deaths so that we feel like we are uh, in total despair. And I don't think that that is the case. So when you amplify your fears, you kind of are blind to your true reality and the same goes for when you are uh, when you amplify your ego you're kind of blind to reality and you start hurting people around you and you may not even notice that you're hurting them until you uh, finally slow down and shrink your ego and fear and that person come up to you and tell you it may not be uh, right when you come down, but it may be years after you come down, they might just bring it up at a party or something. You remember, man, when, when you said this to me and then you'll be like, uh, I don't really remember that. And it's like, yeah, you really said that to me. And I don't, you know, I don't appreciate that. And, and at the time I knew you were going through some things, so I didn't say anything. It's, it happens all the time. So, uh, never be afraid to detach from, your ego because it's healthy and you're being more authentic when you're outside of your ego because when you're inside your ego that causes you to people please due to the tag team with fear so to detach from ego isn't detaching from self you know and it's crazy um And a lot of reasons, going back to uh, living in anger, a lot of reasons people live in anger is because we see each other as servants and not equal beings. 
Everybody wants people around that can do something for them, uh, uh, that can that can benefit them or serve them in some uh, positive way. It's usually monetarily, but uh, even in relationships, like I always hear, like women say. If this, if your man don't do this, then you gotta drop him. It's like, what do you mean if he don't do that? I thought that you liked him, not what he does. I mean, that's a part of who he is, but it's not the person. That should not be the reason why you are with that person. Because first of all, uh, no one is responsible for your happiness. That is all determined by your own self and how you feel about yourself and how much you feel or believe that you are worth. So that is uh, one thing that we do to create servants. Another thing is the workforce. Your whole reasoning when, when you get a job is to try to get in a position where you don't have to do much work and hopefully you have a bunch of other people doing work for you. That is basically the whole uh, I'm a boss mentality. Everybody want to be a boss. You never hear anybody talk about I'm happy to be an employee, even though mo- some people are happy to be employees because they are employed, period. So, you know, that shit is really what kind of drives you to live in anger because you think that everybody should be serving your own personal uh, grievances and and shit. But that's not the case. Everybody's responsible for their own reality and everybody's entitled to uh, live in their perception of peace, love, harmony, and prosperity. But... Um, these are things that we don't even focus on. We, we focus on uh, physical energy that is close to us. <laughs> like your house or your car or, or what you wear or how many chains y- you have. It's, it's physical stuff that is close to us. But you are a whole being that expands throughout this whole uh, universe. And we, we only really want to mess around with shit that's like 15 to 100 feet away from us. From us. Like we, a lot of us don't even believe that like the trees and the sun and like the, the sky is even a, a living force. <clears throat> we don't even believe that it's a, a living force. We just think that Oh, this is just how it is every day is every day because it has to be. It's like, well, no, it doesn't have to be. The sun is a star and we have no idea uh, how long its life is. Just like we don't know how long our life is, but we go along living, taking everything for granted, which also serves a purpose in living in anger but uh, I also want to touch on 
something that connects to this is uh, why are we asking for service without uh, giving service to ourselves? We ask other people to love us and to respect us and, and to, to do for us. And most of us don't even want to do that for ourselves. I don't know how many people out there actually do this. Well, I do it. It's kind of weird, but it's, it's fun. I, uh, I get in the mirror every day and I tell myself that I am a legendary comedian. And I point and put my finger on the glass and I tell myself that I'm a legendary comedian because I, I want to start my day off with um, positive reinforcement of my belief in myself and uh, what my purpose is entertainment-wise. So I say that, you know, to myself. And uh, in turn, people tell me that uh, they really enjoy what I do on stage, and, and it really makes me feel good to hear that, even though I really still don't know how to accept it because I'm trying to maintain a level of humility so that I don't uh, change my frequency to negative and I start to repel my desires because of my ego and fear. But <laughs> I see when you have you have to give service to yourself, like you, you should tell yourself that you love yourself every day. I know that um, TV makes that seem weird to, to say that you love yourself. But if it's the truth, you should say it. Because you need to hear that. Even if it's uh, from your own voice. And that goes back to service that we request that we won't give to ourselves. We want people to say, hey man, we love you man. You're awesome. You, you're, you're great. You're fantastic. But you won't even tell that to yourself because you feel it's weird to talk to you. And that's one of the, the craziest things about this uh, time that we're in is that everything seems to be leading you away from, from liking yourself. Like you can't even really like your own post on Facebook without somebody saying, hey, man. Why do you like your post? I mean, maybe because I'm the one that published it. It was my thought and I expressed it in my way. So maybe I like it because it's me. I don't understand when did it be uh, come a crime new to like you. And then you kind of have to uh, clamor and do weird shit. For, for other people approval like I, I was talking to uh, Will Thompson at, in the green room of, at the show last night and we was t- I was talking about how you know when you're on, when you're on in- social media especially like Instagram you can, or TikTok or whatever you can do something s- super stupid and embarrassing and you have thousands uh, of motherfuckers uh, looking at you 
and uh, you could, but if you're yourself and you can say, you know, real stuff and you're just honest about how you feel about life and what's going on in your particular reality, then you may only get like five or six people. And then he was like, well, if you're on, you know, you're on the internet in the onesie, then, you know, I'm going to tell you about yourself. And I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm just saying, but that you just one person. And I was like, you one person out of, out of 2000 motherfuckers who are encouraging me to, to degrade myself, to build themselves up, so to speak. But you just the one dude side-eyeing me and I'm supposed to be like why is that one dude side-eyeing me if it's giving me what I perceive is what I desire from it then then that's the energy that most people are going to still gravitate to but my whole thing was to say that even though you only have like six people liking who you really are I average like maybe six listens each episode I want to say five because I, I squeezed out six for episode six, which is great. Um, thank you guys for listening. But I understand that those six people, they actually fuck with comic chat. They, they, they actually like to, to hear my voice talk about shit that they may not even understand. And, uh, I appreciate that. So I was just saying you should be you should be true to yourself and you should give the same service to yourself that you expect from others. I don't even like the word expect because expectation, it kind of leads you to, to living in, in anger too. It, when when you uh, hold on to things that people didn't do because you thought that they should have done it and, and then you got lost in your own illusion of what you can control and uh, formed a grudge. So that's that's just weird. When you um when you don't do service to yourself, your life is kind of just hanging and you're kind of stuck in stagnation because you're not really given the universal direction in which to to guide you so that's a, a a lot of why you should do service to yourself as well as the service you expect from others because if you have no vision then the universe is just going to sit still just like you and then you're going to be blaming people. You're going to be blaming old situations that you can't change for uh, the reason why you're not where you perceive you should be. When the truth is, really, you never was definite about what you wanted or what you desired for yourself. So, um, yeah, I also I want to close because it's like three minutes left. Um. Jake Paul, he's uh, been challenged by Le'Veon Bell. He's been challenged by, like, a hockey player. Uh, Antonio Tarver wanted to um, challenge him. And uh, apparently, Floyd Mayweather is going to fight Jake Paul. I don't 
know what the, the date or the details is, but apparently Floyd Mayweather is, is going to get in the ring with YouTuber and uh, white knockout hero Jake Paul. And I call him white knockout hero because white people are juiced that he knocked out a basketball, a black basketball player that can't fight. And uh, I'm just saying, he was just a dude that played basketball. He probably hadn't been in a fight in years. And I know that's his fault for getting in the ring. And yeah, he did get slept. But white people think that they can knock out every black dude now because they saw this YouTuber who threw a punch with his eyes closed knock out a, a, a mini basketball player. He didn't even knock out somebody who play a power position. He knocked out a point guard. That's like him knocking out CP3. Like, come on. Really. I want I want to see him uh, knock out Montrez Harrell. Let me let, let's see him knock out Montrez Harrell. Let's sh- let's see him hit Montrez in his jaw. Newly acquired Lakers forward Montrez Harrell in his jaw, make his dreads rattle and, and drop him. And then then I will give uh, Jake Paul his respect because uh, knocking out a retired basketball player. Don't get you street cred where I come from. Because <laughs> especially if the dude can't fight. That dude might just get clowned more for uh, for not being able to fight. More than him being knocked out by a white dude. But this has been Comic Chat. My name is Glennon McGee. I am your host. Uh, I will be back next week. Hopefully on a Sunday. Um... You can catch me on Instagram, GM3Comedy, GM3Comedy. On Facebook, Glendon Sin Black McGee. Uh, I don't have any up-and-coming shows to to promote. Oh, yes, I do. I'm at El Charo Hipster this Saturday at 8 o'clock. El Charo Hipster in downtown Phoenix. Uh, For more information, you can friend... uh, John Fletcher on Facebook and uh, I think that's pretty much it as far as shows uh, this week but I'll also be at some open mics this week Uh, shout out to Britt Taylor uh, Slink Johnson Jacoby Willis and Will Thompson Uh, great uh, Kelly Kells also and Jim Perry that was an awesome show last night we we had a great uh time and thank you to everyone who listens to comic chat and everyone who uh enjoys stand up our spirituality um till next time spread peace love and harmony and it will come back to you tenfold have a great week peace